Good evening, I'm James Bryerton in Charlotte. It is May the 6th, 2020. Can you believe it is May already? We had a thunderstorm roll on through here earlier and brought the temperatures way down as we are looking ahead to a cool down the next few days and through the weekend. Could be pretty uh, chilly as you wake up on uh, Mother's Day Sunday morning, but we're so happy you're with us tonight on this Wednesday night. The panel will be along in just a few moments for tonight's episode. It's kicking off a new series that we're calling Quarantining at Home. We're kicking it off with the weather team from WECT, the NBC affiliate in Wilmington, North Carolina. It's designed to be kind of a lighthearted experience among all of the serious news that is going on. But first, we do have to start on a more serious tone tonight. The uh, National Weather Service has confirmed that an EF1 and an EF2 tornado struck southern portions of Chester County and Lancaster County in South Carolina about this time yesterday, it all kicked off at about 6.30 when the National Weather Service at a Greenville Spartanburg issued that tornado warning as a tornadic supercell was moving to the east just south of the city of Chester. It continued to move to the east where it produced an EF1 tornado, brought down some trees and some power lines, and much of that town was in the dark for a good portion of the evening. Now, the storm itself was moving uh, just north of Little Rock Creek when it most likely lifted and then dropped again. What is being considered a second tornado then touching down near Interstate 77 as it began to leave Chester County, enter into Lancaster County, move towards Great Falls, where the National Weather Service out of Columbia took jurisdiction of the storm. Now, both Weather Service offices went out there today, did storm surveys, and the team out of Columbia came back with EF2 damage caused a by the tornado in Great Falls, uh, and that would have been winds of about 115 miles an hour. The other thing you're looking at here on your screen, we're going to go ahead and bring these beautiful and stunning pictures full screen uh, for you. This is friend of the show. Chris Jackson was out yesterday in the area with his drone. I believe it's a DGI Maverick. And take a look at these stunning pictures. You can see that supercell coming towards him, the lightning that is being produced by this storm. Now, the tornado itself is not believed to have caused any deaths or injuries. However, one man did die in Chester County yesterday from a lightning strike, and you can see some of that powerful lightning here being produced by the storm. And then it dropped hail up to two inches, golf ball size hail reported as associated with this storm, and you can see how it littered the ground. Almost looks like a winter morning here, uh, as Chris is showing us these aerial pictures, and you can see almost a fog rolling in, and it is actually a fog rolling in over the valley caused by the sudden cool of those temperatures and all of that cold ice particles now sitting on the ground. So the National Weather Service is still uh, working to finalize most of their storm surveys and uh, we'll have updates for you on Facebook and Twitter as we learn more. But again, to recap, EF1, EF2 tornado in parts of Chester and Lancaster County on Tuesday evening. And thanks to Chris Jackson uh, for these pictures. Now let's get over to Scotty Powell and the panel for tonight's kickoff of our Quarantining at Home series with the meteorologist from WECT in Wilmington. Scotty. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Carolina Weather Group. Welcome. Uh, we want to welcome the WECC weather team out of Wilmington, North Carolina. They've uh, gratefully uh, uh, accepted our, uh, our, our invitation to just uh, have our question and answer segment with the, with the folks. So happy to have on with us Gannon Medwick, Eric Davis, and Kelly McGlynn, as uh, they all are at either home or the uh, weather state at uh, the TV station uh, doing some work. And so when this is recorded, we actually had a severe weather event move through. So 
Eric and Kelly are actually in the uh, studio, it looks like. So happy mm -hmm. to uh, have them join us for a few minutes. Uh, guys and gals, we uh, just want to start off with some quick hitting questions. So I'll, uh, I'll throw out the first question and I'll let Dan and uh, Evan join in. Uh, our first question is about social media. Which do you prefer better, Twitter or Facebook? Gannon, I'll let you start. Um, it's a good one. I'd probably say Twitter in terms of the way things just come up and they have to be succinct. succinct. Um, so I'd probably say that. Although Facebook, I have had more traction and followers over the years. So that's a positive. All right. Kelly, Eric? Uh, I'm, I'm personally probably more of a Twitter myself. I, again, I have a lot more followers on my uh, Facebook page. But I think in terms of weather information, if, if you're looking purely for that, I think Twitter is definitely the way to go. But Facebook is definitely a different way to interact, I think, on a more personal level. Kelly, do you have a choice? Um. I would say I like to use Twitter for active weather events. I think folks tend to appreciate that more than Facebook where it could pop up, you know, days later. And, you know, sometimes people will get that mixed up with actually what's going on outside. Um, but in terms of Facebook, I think it's good because people like to see a personal side to you. So to get kind of who you are outside of the studio out to social media for people to kind of connect with you. Um, on that kind of level is why I like Facebook a little bit better than Twitter. Absolutely. Those are great answers. Um, I'm going to hop in with one of my favorite questions from the list. Uh, what is your favorite weather disaster themed movie? I know there's one big forerunner here. <laughs> That's a great, yeah. But again, I'm going to start with you. Uh, weather disaster. The, the first one that popped into my head um, was uh, Perfect Storm. Okay with uh, Mark Wahlberg and George Clooney <laughs> back in the day. Like, Someone I, said that last time, that's a good choice. Yeah, and uh, it, was, it, was, it was kind of fun. I mean, um, you, you pick out in any weather and disaster theme movie that you pick out the inadequacies of the weather and the geography, and it, it, that gets you a little bit. But that, that, one was, that one was fairly entertaining, I guess. Okay. Good, good. Kelly? Um, the first thing that popped into my mind was the day after tomorrow. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, just because my, <laughs> my dad used to like that movie. Um, so I kind of, you know, grew up watching it and always kind of had some kind of appreciation for all the wild stuff that happens in that movie. <laughs> I guess in my, I guess mine would be a twister. That, that was out about the time I was, uh, graduating from, uh, graduate school that were graduate from college. That's about, uh, They'll probably age myself a little bit, but uh, I just love, you know, cow, you know, flying, <laughs> flying up in the air. That's just, it's classic. And there's a lot, a lot of liberties with that movie, but, but it's kind of a cool theme. I like it. Yeah, absolutely. Those are great. Those are great. Um, yeah. Dan, you got one? Yeah. Um, and I'm with, I'm with you there, that uh, Twister. I, personally, I think if you haven't seen Twister at least a dozen times, you're, you're missing <laughs> exactly. out. Exactly. Um, but, um, you know, kind of in the same mode here, um, back to you, Gannon, kind of circling around. Um, as far as music goes, do you have any favorite type of music or, or even any music that, that kind of gets you in the mood for uh, forced weather or weather-related music? Um, there's really no weather connection to music, um, but that's a, that's an interesting thought. I wonder if there's something deeper going on that maybe I'm not aware of consciously. But if I'm in the forecast center, I'm listening to a variety of music. My 
couple of favorites are um, hip hop, either classic or modern. Um, I like classic alternative, like 80s new wave. Um, and I also like some classic rock like Zeppelin and Pink Floyd. So I'd say that it's pretty, pretty um, rangy in terms of those styles. Gannon also likes to listen to rap too. He always has some <laughs> sick rap songs. That was number one. Yeah. <laughs> Not all born of the rap so much, but I, I, I'm a big '80s fan. Just love all kinds of '80s music. I mean, uh, Michael Jackson. I mean, the range. You know, Def Leppard. You know, I like I like the hard rock and some '90s stuff is good too. I like. Right? move to a different room. We also have Kelly, Gay Kelly might be moving to a different room. <laughs> We just because we're hearing each other over. A little bit of feedback, I think. <laughs> we have Gabe Ross joining us. Gabe also a meteorologist at WCT. So, Gabe, welcome. Uh, as Kelly's moving, we'll, we'll let you answer that question. Any uh, favorite type of music for you? Favorite type of music. Uh, great question. Typically, my go-to is 70s, classic rock. Uh, anything that's got a good beat to it typically my Sirius XM is tuned to 70s on seven so uh, any of that any even like early 80s rock that kind of bleeds over Gannon and I have a soft spot for Hall and Oates I think <laughs> oh, uh, Hall and Oates. oh yeah oh good, good stuff <laughs> 80s I'm on board that's like the common denominator I think. we all had a lot more hair then didn't we yes we did <laughs> Some of Some us weren't born yet. I was going to say, yeah, Jess <laughs> almost had no hair. <laughs> uh, I think uh, Kelly is is moving around, so we'll we'll let her chime in here in a second. Um, here's another Kelly's one. Uh, blow your mind. Some of some of our quick hitting questions. Um, a dog or cat person, Gannon? I think I already know the answer for you. <laughs> dog. Dog. Go on for dog right here. <laughs> I would go primarily dog, but, you know, if the cat's tame enough, why not? Okay. All right. Great answers. Um, so I want to transition a little bit into some weather-themed questions. This one's coming from one of our followers on Twitter who doesn't have a name, but Psych K8, I guess. Um, and I wanted to know, what is the weather event that impacted you the most? Again, I'd have to say um, the, the April 16, 2011 tornado outbreak uh, in terms of formative and, and impacts, <clears throat> even though it was shorter than Florence. Florence is a, maybe an easy reach on a, on a, on a recent level, but um, just had everything. April 16th, the buildup, the, the actual event, it's the emotions of it. We lost people and then the aftermath and plus everything that's going on in my life around that time as well. Um, and uh, we were speaking about that on a recent Carolina weather group. And so that, that one's going to stick with me forever and probably hold the top spot in terms of real raw impact. Kelly? Um, I would definitely say Hurricane Florence. Um, just because that was the first hurricane I covered on air. Um, and as impactful as it was, I think that's kind of just something that's always going to stick with you. I mean, we could, we're still remembering stories of what happened because I think at one point, like you just start to kind of like black out from what's going on. And so we've talked about it, you know, um, just with some other people in the newsroom, like, hey, do you remember this? And you're like, oh, wait a minute, that did happen. So there's always kind of just more stories and just, you know, 
just looking back on everything is kind of just something that will stay with me for probably the rest of my career. Good answer. Uh, I'd probably say recently, I'm with Kelly, probably Hurricane Florence, but uh, Gannon makes a good point with, uh, with the uh, April uh, 2011 tornadoes. I, I happen to actually be working in Texas on the May 3rd, 1999 uh, outbreak. Remember, Texas and Oklahoma, more Oklahoma. Now, I wasn't in Oklahoma at the time, but I was, I was in Abilene, Texas, and we, have, we had a couple of um, uh, what would now be classified as EF2 tornadoes touching down, baseball-sized hail, just, just incredible stuff. But um, I was on the periphery of that event. That was, that was pretty exciting. Um, and, and just to maybe turn it in a different direction, I guess two of the big weather events that really inspired me to go into weather. I think growing up, I'd always had an interest in being a meteorologist, but uh, uh, two big weather events happened right about the time I was graduating from high school and kind of pushed me more into the meteorology field. Um, the Raleigh tornado of 1988, I don't know, we're kind of going way back here, but the, 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 uh, the Raleigh tornado of 1988, I just remember the damage. And uh, one of my friends in high school, there was only two deaths, surprisingly, with that tornado. But um, a friend of mine in high school actually had to perform CPR and unfortunately lost one of the girls who died. Uh, in that tornado. So that, that was, that was kind of a, a direct impact. And also I think hurricane uh, Hugo, which was just a little bit later in, in 1989. So I, I think those two events really kind of pushed me into the meteorology field and really had a big impact on my life. Wow. Yeah. Heavy stuff. For, for me, um, I, I mean, I'm with Kelly, you know, Florence was, was certainly substantial uh, prior to that. Uh, I guess my within my first year of of doing weather professionally, uh, there was a massive derecho that came through Ohio, June 29th, 2012, and it just I mean it ripped through the Buckeye State. Uh, a lot of folks were without power for a week. Uh, for me, memorable because I was working at a very small market TV station in Zanesville. And I was the only one working that weekend. So I basically lived at the station for 48 hours. We lost power to the TV end of things. So it was constant radio updates. I slept in the basement. Temperatures were, I would say, in excess at times of 85 degrees just in the uh, actual studio outside. Daytime highs were in the deep 90s. And I want to say some low hundreds, uh, but just... An, an incredible system to see it sweep through. Uh, I mean, straight line winds, uh, I want to say they were close to 90 miles an hour, if not more than that. It's been so long, but it's certainly sticking in my mind. But of course, most recently, Florence and even a little bit with the with Dorian too, just the tornado outbreak that Gannon mm. and I were, were covering that morning. Uh, it will stick with me for a long time. Well, and so sticking with, with, with you here, um, you've talked about what's most memorable, but what, what would be your favorite, um, what's your favorite type of weather to forecast? Favorite type of weather? Winter weather. That's, that's an easy one. I love <laughs> yeah. snow. Don't get, don't get to see a lot of snow, so I get pretty that's excited true. with snow. Yeah. Pop-up showers and storms are, you know, pretty expected during the summer, so <laughs> after a while it gets kind of tiresome but yeah anytime there's a threat of snow mixed precipitation especially down here uh you know we get we get it from our viewers all the time they're they're just you know oh is it gonna snow you know well a degree or two difference and and mm -hmm. that's what we get so it it's it's a lot of fun okay kelly gannon uh, choice on that 
I love tropical forecasting. That's my jam. I don't like winter weather forecasting at all just because people are so mean about it. God forbid true. you get really ranked instead of, you That's know, true. snow and it's the be all end all of the Carolinas. Um, but I've always just loved tropical weather. That's been my thing for probably quite some time now. Yeah, I would, I would have to agree. Um, tropical is, is my favorite, um, challenging weather to forecast and impactful weather to forecast in terms of just favorite all around though. I love those first couple of fall air masses that come down in mm -hmm. September, October, mm -hmm. August, yeah. if we're lucky, we get a little taste. And I think those are just, those are fun to, to sort of gauge and talk about just because you, you realize everybody's ready for that at that point. Even if you like summer, everybody seems to be happy when the weather just gets a little more mellowed out. So that's the kind that I like that makes everybody happy. Hurricanes and tropical storms probably take the top spot though, in terms of the challenge and the meteorology. It's just fascinating. So speaking of your, your favorite weather, um, kind of the reverse of that, uh, do you take it personal when you miss a forecast? I mean, does it bother you or do you just kind of shrug it off and say on to the next one? I'll start with, with you, Eric. I guess it depends on the uh, circumstances. You know, sometimes, you know, I, I know early in my career, I, I kind of got a good lesson in uh, when I was in Rapid City. I, I completely uh, – I went outside and, you know, I said, oh, yeah, beautiful sunny day. And then all of a sudden some big storms develop in the uh, Black Hills. Like, oh. <laughs> and, and then, of course, Rapid City got just – that was my first job was in uh, Rapid City, South Dakota. Of course, obviously I've had many more misses since. And I guess it just depends on, on the experience. I, I guess when I go back and I look at something, I miss something, I'm, I'm a little more bothered. But sometimes, you know, I guess Mother Nature just, just throws a monkey wrench in your forecast. And you just – at that point, you just kind of have to say, oh, well. But I, I, guess, I guess I'm a little more upset when I – maybe didn't look at something and I should have. And, and then I missed the forecast. Kelly, Gabe, Gannon. <laughs> Ladies first. Oh. Yeah. Don't and I don't mean out. you, Gannon. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he wants the answer. I mean, yeah, of course, you know, it's something that, you know, if we miss, miss a forecast or, you know, the timing of a line of storms is off by a couple hours and it arrives earlier and, you know, a lot of people work outside in the summer, like landscapers and, you know, people have businesses along the beaches and they rely on those forecasts for their businesses. So, you know, from time to time, we know how the summer goes here. Um, of course, we can't predict where those pop-up storms are going to be, but, you know, I think it's a kick in the butt when we miss our own forecast and, you know, we let some viewers down if you really want to say let them down or, um, but I think for the most part, our viewers are very, um, appreciative of our forecasting and how you know accurate we can be in the summertime especially during hurricane season you know we get a lot of emails saying you know how appreciative they are of um you know how interactive we are on social media and whatnot so there's you know pluses and minuses to that too um i don't really feel like uh, i i take it personally except for you got to put your name and your face on your product so that when when your product is less than than perfect it reflects on reflects on you that way so you can't help but be personal but i think i have um 
I've learned to kind of compartmentalize that and shake it off, if you will, maybe more than if I was a, you know, a young, really young forecaster. And then also you, you learn um, when you have to eat humble pie that maybe you should have messaged it different. Maybe, maybe you knew there was a possibility that the outcome could have been that. Maybe I could have articulated that better. Probabilistic approach to forecasting as opposed to, oh, the high's gonna be 75. And then if it's like 73, is that that bad? No, we're talking about the same kind of flavor. So, so uh, yeah, take it personally, but grain salt, um, but only because we have to put our name and our face on the product. Otherwise, treat the instance as a, as a learning opportunity to do better next time. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head with that, Gannon, at least in my case, you know, probably compared to the other Mets that are on the team, I'd say I have the, I won't say least experience, but I know these guys could, could write books on the stuff that they know uh, by comparison. And, and, you know, when I miss a forecast, it, it is just that a learning experience and agreed with Kelly that our viewers, I think are very generous. They understand that what we do is difficult and, you know, if it's a if it's a huge blow in the forecast, for instance, a, you know, cold air is rushing in and it comes farther south than we anticipate. And so instead of seeing highs in the mid 70s, we don't even make it to 70. And that, you know, becomes tricky. And to Gannon's point, you know, how could I have messaged that differently? You know, what steps can I take to be clearer about that message going forward? I'll just, we blame it on the wedge here in Western North Carolina. It's all about the wedge. (laughs) (laughs) So last time I asked this question with the WFMY crew, uh, we got somewhat of an unexpected answer. So this will be interesting. Um, What is your favorite model website if you have one? Okay, I'll jump in. Um, I use Weatherbell. Um, I, I, I use the other ones like Pivotal and, and uh, Tropical Tidbits occasionally. I probably need to use those a little bit more than I do, but I started paying the weather bell man and I feel, feel like I got, you know, once you pay for the ticket to the amusement park, you, you, we're going, we're riding every ride, you know, we're going we're gonna to use that all day. So that's, that's kind of what I'm stuck on for the time being. It's good. It's good. I, I I I didn't get a weather bell count, but a pivotal just started charging. I was kind of using their Euro uh, yeah. model, and then I think just like I think it was like Monday. I think they started charging. I was like, oh, yeah, I kind of got to have something. Got to have got to have my Euro. So yeah, I went ahead and just sucked it up and and paid pivotal. So I'm paying pivotal. I I used I'm again. I like tropical tidbits a lot. I'd, I'd say pivotal and tropical tidbits are probably my my two favorite. Okay. Complete agreement with the two of you. Pivotal, tropical <laughs> tidbits good to know that they're they're paying it's been you know since sunday since i forecasted so uh if they're paying now then it looks like i'm gonna have to knuckle down and get an account just ask old gannon he'll he'll help you out there <laughs> eric can <laughs> i have a good side though yeah <laughs> yeah about you kelly the rest of the guys too i like to use tropical tidbits obviously during you know hurricane season but i favor pivotal weather for severe weather i just think they have different parameters than tropical tidbits has and i like to use that more now did those answers surprise you no they did not okay those are, well those are just what we were expecting last time sorry guys last time we got uh, the penn state e-wall as the resounding answer from everyone i've used that a little bit yeah i've used it um, and I had a while. Heard of it before. Gannon, I mean, even with the hat, uh, I, I've, 
I've been Dan. using that for years, but I <laughs> haven't used the E-Wall so much recently. I got I to gotta be honest. I'm, I probably need to go back and check it out. That yeah, used me to be too. my go-to for the HRRR mod for her. I used to go there on the E-Wall, but now I use Weatherbell. So, um, Gannon, here while 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 we're we're on you here, the um, uh, this is kind of a multi-part question. Um, did were you scared of thunder and or lightning as a kid? And and also, was there kind of a, a period connected to that or after that that you knew you wanted to be a meteorologist? My answer to the first part is was not especially like I don't have one specific knock your socks off thunderstorm memory that really freaked me out. And um, I have a couple of thunderstorm related memories like we actually had a lightning strike to a tree outside of my house. And I remember the current got in the house somehow to the extent that some electronics were messed up. And I remember thinking, whoa, how, did, how would that, you know? So I mean, it's like three, four years old. That kind of gets the gears turning in your head that something bigger is at play. Uh, it didn't really turn into fear. And I would say it was just a compilation of thunderstorms and other weather phenomena in aggregate that got my interest in meteorology going throughout the, my childhood years and in my adolescent years. Okay, great. Um, and uh, Kelly, do you want to speak to that? Um, was I scared of thunder and lightning when I was younger? Is that the question? And yeah, then and then and then did that kind of evolve into an interest for for meteorology one way or another? Um, I don't think I was ever scared of thunder and lightning. I actually would love when like a you know a summer storm would pop up in in Pennsylvania in the summer, and you just feel that nice rush of cool air. Um, but I don't think that necessarily led to my love of weather. I mean, growing up in Pennsylvania, I mostly remember like huge snowstorms, even though I don't like winter weather forecasting that much, kind of ironic there. Um, but that's kind of, you know, what sparked my interest in weather is waking up to like two or three feet of snow, um, you know, just overnight. And it kind of just snowballed, if you will, from there. <laughs> I have to say, I wasn't uh, really that afraid of thunder and lightning. I certainly had an awareness of it. And uh, one interesting thing is my uh, house, I think when I was maybe 15 years old, was, was struck by uh, lightning, or at least some streamers got uh, into our house. And I remember my mom was making spaghetti that day, and she was used, cooking uh, spaghetti sauce on an old cast iron pan, and the lightning actually burned a hole in the cast iron pan. I remember that very, very vividly. Well, see, I'm going to go the opposite of these guys. I was scared to death of storms growing up. And I think uh, doing weathers had, has helped me over the years, of course, get over that. Um, I remember, gosh, I was living in Thornville, Ohio at the time. It was the summer of 96 or 97, I think 96. And we had just a huge, you know, string of showers and storms that came through that resulted in uh in what was basically tornadoes and you know constantly constantly the eas tones going off you know it, as a kid that's kind of it's kind of scary so it always stuck with me from there i was always you know at least keeping an eyeball on the uh on the weather forecast no matter what it was uh and then when i got to college uh i had actually 
long long story short, my folks grew up in had us grow up basically in TV. They were both TV personalities, TV managers in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, got out of it for a little bit, and then college came around, and then got back into it. And so I started on the news end, and then I actually dated a meteorologist my junior year of college, and then that sparked the uh, love of weather. So the relationship didn't last, but my love of weather from there on did. At least you had something lasting from that. You know, we'll call <laughs> it a, a nice thing. parting gift. Yes. <laughs> um, what a, a, another uh, question, and then we want to kind of get to some more fun questions. Um, while we're taping this, we're, we've been going through some crazy times in the country with the COVID-19 uh, pandemic. So this is kind of another two-parter question. Um, a lot of folks have been able to do weather from home, a lot of meteorologists. So my question is, what are your thoughts on doing weather from home? And what do you think the future of meteorology looks like? Do you think we can incorporate this more into um, your daily routine of what you guys do on TV? Um, whoever wants to start, I'll, I'll let whoever. Um, well, my thoughts of weather from home is I think it's a great way to offer um, the, the, the service, the public service of distancing as, as you can. Um, we've kind of followed the guidelines at work um, from our middle and upper managers. And, and we we're kind of as weather in terms of directives, the last off the boat, really. Um, a lot of our anchors have been broken up and our reporters have been taken away. Some of our producing has been doing sales, et cetera. Um, but they've, they've left us in place. But I mean, I think it's, I think it's great when it can be done. I know Gabe has a great setup that he's probably going to speak to. And, um, but I'm just, I'm enjoying watching some of the, the, the setups and the creative things that people have um, in other media markets. Every little bit helps, I suppose. Yeah, Gannon, Gannon's right about that. I, I, I for sure think that this entire outbreak is going to change the landscape. Are we going to be doing this completely at home from now on? No, but certainly we have a baseline of what to do in the event that we can't be at the station. I mean, it's really no different than doing live shots, but the key is going to be uh, for stations to help as much as they can, their meteorologists, their anchors, reporters, uh, utilize the technology they have or provide them with the technology they have that is comparable to what they would have if they were in the building. Yeah, I kind of agree with Gabe. Again, I think it is incumbent upon the stations to make sure that uh, the meteorologists have the tools that they need, the computers, the, the broadcast equipment they need to broadcast from home. Uh, I love the idea. Of course, I think you always run into the issue, of course, is, is probably severe weather. It's probably a little easier to probably see the broadcast from home on a, on a quieter weather day. But when you start getting a severe weather situation, especially, it, it, it kind of feels like it's more incumbent to be at the station where you have all of the tools that you would really need. Um, uh, to do a broadcast, especially on short notice. Yeah, just to piggyback off what they were saying, um, I have personally seen a lot of very impressive work from home setups. Um, and I think, at least for me, going in, you know, you normally think you're a broadcasting major. Everything that you do needs to be done from the studio. And now that we, you know, kind of are taking that step forward to work from home, there's so many different you know, opportunities and doors open on how much can you expand this? What, what more can you do from home? Um, and then you also think, you know, how long is this going to last for? And, you know, if it's, you know, tech trends to be 
something that pops up more in the winter or in the summer or whatever it would be, you know, would people just start to transition to working from home during that, you know, time where people would more likely get sick than, uh, you know, during the off season, if you will, from that coronavirus? It's amazing how many different setups there are too. I mean, you I even saw a picture of someone using augmented reality in California and their uh, <laughs> weather hits. That's impressive. So transitioning away from some of the weather talk, and Kelly, I'll put this right back to you. What are some of your, your, your I guess, your favorite non-weather hobby? Um, well, I've recently started painting um, at home just to keep myself busy. And I've also realized that I'm pretty good at doing puzzles since that's kind of one of the only things that I can do now. Um, but I also love doing anything at the beach. Anybody who knows me knows anything coastal or nautical or ocean related. Like my name is just all over it. I really want to start surfing. That's like the next thing on my list. I Are you able to get to the beach right now? I know. Well, again, I said we can, there's parking in Carolina Beach. So I'm going to try and get down there like <laughs> ASAP because I usually go probably like three days out of the week and I haven't been in like two months. So I'm starting to go a little stir crazy there. The so, waves are good today. So I know. Uh, it could be a good day to learn. I see. Even that. just body surfing would be fine with me. Just yeah. something to get into. I love being in water and around water. Awesome. Good choices. Eric? Um, well, I don't get to do it enough, but I, I like to play tennis with my son. Obviously, in recent years, I've been having, uh, uh, been, uh, raising my kids, but uh, now they're kind of getting older. So actually, probably in, in the future, I'm going to have a little more time to myself. But uh, yeah, I, I love I love sports. I like uh, golf. I'm a terrible golfer. I haven't golfed much recently, but uh, but I do I do love I do love the sport. Um, obviously, I, I love just getting out, walking around, um, and you know, obviously when I go to neighborhoods, swimming pool, beach, things like that. Pretty simple guy. I wouldn't say I'm real complicated, but uh, those are the kind of things I like. You know, we found out during a uh, during a photo shoot that Eric has got some pretty awesome hoop skills. Oh yeah, this was. Need to get in shape. I gotta get in shape though. That that's the first thing. Well, yeah, there but I mean, video <laughs> there. I feel like someone recorded some cell phone video with it. I'm I'm not 100 percent certain, but uh, I could shoot yeah, a little was, ball today. I could. Yeah, it was it was October, November. I'm a I'm a perpetual band kid, so my athletic talent is slim and none, unless it's pro wrestling, because I it's predetermined and I know how to do it. So. <laughs> uh, you would fit in well with the WFMY crew last week. Every single one of them played an instrument um, and they loved their all in the band back in the day. So oh, we, we're trying to get a band together, a weather you know, meteorologist band. So we'll <laughs> maybe reach out. Not me. <laughs> oh, well, I'm, I'm your guy. Any, any drums or any percussive needs, I've, I've got you covered. Sure, okay. <laughs> Gannon, what about you? Favorite yeah, non-weather if you guys get a band together, I'll just call the bars to see if I can get you in. That'll be my role. I'm not very musically inclined. Um, I like a lot of the things that my uh, my cohorts said they like. I, I like um, I like sports. Play a little sports. This past weekend did tennis, but I like watching sports, keeping up with sports. Um, around the house, grilling and chilling, gardening. Um, I like to exercise. Um, so try to do that. I got a little elliptical machine that I try to hit at. Um, it's, even if you're tired, it just feels good to get drenched with sweat when you can a couple of days a week at the very least. And then just the salt water, um, having that, uh, I really like it. I'm with Kelly, made it down to the beach yesterday. 
that you kind of have a just keep moving along directive going on right now. So there's no coolers or, or beach blankets, but, but that's real nice um, when you can do that because that's just a real good way to, to, uh, to unplug is being near water. I've always found that to be the case. Very nice. Well, in a similar light, is there, um, is, is there, what, what makes the city that you live in so great? And, and do you have any favorite spots to go to? Anything you can recommend to the viewers? Uh, I'll, I'll say Wilmington is great in, it, in its uh, variety of things to do for a city of its size. I think it's a, a relatively small city. And, and you might pick something out of Charlotte or Atlanta or Washington, D.C. that Wilmington wouldn't have had a chance of even having. So, I mean, I know there's scale to be had, but there's plenty to do. And then the variety of landscape with the different water bodies, the ocean, the intracoastal, the river, so close. That naturally lends itself to a lot of different things to do. I'd say one of my um, favorite spots is the part of the the downtown riverfront and historic district portion of Wilmington. It's all within a few city blocks of each other and it's extremely walkable. And there's just a variety of places to dip into and eat and drink. It's a, it's a good vibe down there. Wonderful. Um, do you want to jump in Kelly? I was going to say, I love Wilmington. I'm not a city person at all. Um, but, you know, visiting from time to time is cool, I guess. Um, but, you know, Wilmington just has, you know, beautiful downtown features. They have the Riverwalk, uh, numerous different kind of restaurants you can go in. They have a raid room. They have, you know, again, what did we do the one time? The knife throwing thing. Oh, you throw axes. Axes yeah, and throw axes. Yeah. Multiple axe throwing opportunities in Wilmington. Yes. <laughs> axe throwing, then you have, you know, the beaches. Any beach you go to is going to be a beautiful beach. I love how the people um, here really take care of the beaches. Like I rarely ever see any trash on the beaches and it's great. People pick up after themselves there and we keep our beaches clean. Um, and you know, not too far away from here, you can go to Raleigh, you have Myrtle Beach to your south. Um, it's just a really good location and being in a southern coastal town, um, you know, for me, it's something that I've always wanted to you know, experience living in, and I'm glad I did it. Yeah, I completely agree with uh, what my uh, colleagues have said. Uh, I kind of like uh, the, the Fort Fisher State Park myself. Uh, I think that's a that's kind of a un, un, hidden treasure in a way. Uh, one nice thing about Fort Fisher is, you know, you, you probably, of course, hear about like you go to Carolina Beach or Riceville Beach, you have to pay a lot of money to park, but obviously Fort Fisher is a state park. You, you can park there for free, so that's a good that's a good beach experience. And plus it's not, it's not quite as crowded either. So that's kind of a nice place to walk around or if you want a little quieter beach experience. Mm -hmm. I'm for sure more of a Wrightsville beach kind of guy. I live near Wrightsville beach, so I can very easily run or, you know, jog to the beach and, and get in and around there, kind of that Mayfair area. Uh, also really just from basically from here up through like surf city, North Topsail, uh, some of those places, they're just, they're a lot of fun. Uh, I don't want to say a lot of folks my age, but you know, 30 somethings, <laughs> you're going to find some 30 somethings, you know, in, in that neck of the woods. So it's, it's pretty cool to get out there. And, and yeah, most people keep to themselves. And, and the one thing that was remarkable when I came down here five years ago from Ohio, I was just floored at just how nice 
everybody is. You don't get that kind of niceness in Columbus, Ohio, when you walk past somebody in Walmart. Uh, oftentimes, it's a, what are you looking at me for? Like, what's, what's going on? You know, here it's like, hi, how are you? Oh, wow, I didn't get cursed out. That's incredible. So it, 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 was, a, it was a nice change of pace. Uh, I, I love the people down here and, 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 and the scenery just as much. Well, you know what they say is that people who are at the coast often are uh, have a little bit more of a relaxed personality and, and, and are generally happier, right? That's true. Um, and it sounds like we all need to, to try the river walk, too, if we haven't done that. I know that that's off to put that on my, my list. Worth it. Um, but I think, Evan, you have one more question to follow up with, and, uh, and we'll, go, we'll go with that. Yeah, so one last very short, very silly question to kind of end us off for the evening or the afternoon, I guess. Um, Gannon, start with you. Really <laughs> philosophical here. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Oh, shoot. You were really going to ask that? Oh, yeah. We were joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say... I'm going to say... I'm going to say, yeah, like a square is a rectangle, but it's a square. What goes on? What? Stone. What? That's what goes on your hot dog, Gannon? Tell us what, what's your toppings. Oh man, um, I haven't had hot dog in years, but uh, I like brats, so same kind of thing. Um, it, it's mustard and sometimes pickle relish, but definitely mustard. I like the rectangle as a square as a rectangle, whatever. That's good. That's good logic. I got mathematical say- on you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say yes because if it's between two pieces of bread, in my mind, that that qualifies as a sandwich. Very very simple criteria. Um, if I have to have a hot dog, I'd probably say chili, mustard, and and uh, some onions. Got to throw some onions on there too. Okay. Well, by that criteria, quesadilla is a sandwich too, then, right? <laughs> oh, sure. man, that's for bread, the next bread. show. It's got to be bread. Hot dog. Bread. Bread. Kind of it's bread. a parallelogram. <laughs> <laughs> Gabe Kelly, I'm stumped. I don't would <laughs> never consider a, a or a hot dog a sandwich, but I guess if you think about it, kind of. Yeah, I don't know. You know, in elementary school, when you know they'd send out the list of what's for lunch or whatever, they actually would have for us hot dog sandwich, Ooh. which is. Oh. Okay, you know, small town, Ohio, great. <laughs> but uh, I, I would, I would, cons- I guess it would be considered a sandwich in, in that regard. I mean, if it's the same thing with, you know, with a hamburger. I guess it's technically a sandwich between two pieces of bread, like Eric said. So uh, in my case, I'm, I'm with Eric, though. I like, I like chili on my hot dog, and uh, I am a cheese fiend. So whether it's nacho cheese, cheddar cheese, you name it, load it on there good to go so gabe on my hot dogs i do the uh cheese rotel dip you know you can mix the mm. rotel and the cheese to get with a little Sounds bit of chili good. it's good it's oh good. yeah oh and bacon too oh. duh <laughs> planted in my front a little bit of bacon on there just just for some taste awesome. kelly yeah, what, what's on your hot dog i'm still figuring out if a hot dog's a sandwich <laughs> over here i haven't even gone past the first question <laughs> <laughs> but I guess I don't know. Kind of just a classic hot dog kind of gal, you know, onions, mustard, ketchup. There's what's that one hot dog place in Southport that's now in Wrightsville Beach, guys? 
you know what I'm talking about? The trolley stop or something like that. Maybe it. Yeah. Um, they have a bunch of really cool different kind of hot dogs there. So I don't know. It's a hot dog, a sandwich, though. <laughs> this is a question that's going to have to come back every time we do this now. I, I, bet I like y'all's answers. These were good. <laughs> I bet for you guys watching, you never thought we was going to talk about hot dogs on this show. Uh, but uh, uh, we are going to start to close up. So I would love to give uh, each and every one of you the opportunity. Um, if our followers and listeners find themselves in Wilmington, how can they find you on the social media platforms so they know uh, what the weather's going to be like when they're visiting uh, the Wilmington area? Again, and I'll start with you. Thanks, Scotty, and thanks, guys, for the opportunity to hang out. I'd like to revise my answer on the hot dogs to include chili, first of all. But um, also, if you're in Wilmington, you have any interest in Wilmington weather, I'm at Medwick, just my last name, on Twitter, at Gannon Medwick, all one word, on Instagram, and then meteorologist Gannon Medwick, hyphen W-E-C-T, <laughs> is the search for Facebook. So I'm on all of those three places. Okay. Forgot my Instagram. I'm going to have to remember that. But on, on Twitter, I'm at Eric Davis, W E C T E R I C D A V I S W E C T. Uh, meteorologist Eric Davis W E C T. You can find me on Facebook. I'll have, to, I'll have to get back to you on the Instagram. I forgot for the moment. <laughs> I have it, Eric. It's W X Eric D 10. W X Eric D 10. There you go. That's Instagram. Thank you, Gabe. Quick search. <laughs> Um, my Twitter is at Kelly underscore WX. And for those that may be watching that doesn't know what WX means, it means weather. And my Facebook is just meteorologist Kelly McLinn. So if you do come to the Wilmington area, you won't be disappointed. And hopefully you won't be disappointed in what the weather is that day. But otherwise, it's a beautiful place. Uh, I try to make all my social media as consistent as possible. So you can find me on Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram at TV's Gabe Ross, TBS Gabe Ross, G A B E R O S S, YouTube, and all the other fun stuff you can find on that too. Well, we oh, and I just want to say too, I'm not like other Kellys who spell their name with a Y. Oh, yeah. My name is K E L L I E. So that may help you find me too. Uh, all right. We appreciate you uh, you all joining us this afternoon. Uh, for everyone who watch, is watching, thank you for joining us. And catch us next time as we uh, wrangle up another group of meteorologists and ask them these silly questions. Have a good day. Thank you.